So a few years ago, a news story began to circulate all around the world that was coming out of Turkey. And the news story involved a herd of sheep. And so the story said that, that one day all these sheep were grazing, and at first one sheep went off the cliff. A sheep jumped off the cliff, fall, falled, fell to its death. So after that, that sheep fell to its death, another sheep was following it, went as well. Soon enough, 450 sheep in the herd had jumped off the cliff and had fallen and died and were in a big pile below. And so then there was 1,100 other sheep that continued to run off of the cliff, and uh, thankfully, the, the sheep that were below broke their fall, and so those 1,100 sheep survived. And the news story reported that the value of the sheep who died, those 450, was between seventy-five dollars and $100,000 in this rural backwoods town in Turkey. And it wasn't like it was one family's herd of sheep. It was all these different families. Their, their, their sheep were eating and grazing Together And as the news story continued, it, it got to the question that I was wondering and that you might be wondering about as well. And that is, what, where were the shepherds? The shepherds who were entrusted with caring for, leading, securing these sheep. And the news story went on to say that the shepherds were sitting nearby while all of this happened, eating breakfast. Leadership matters. And poor leadership can lead to damaging, dangerous, and even deadly situations. And, and, and you know this in your life, in your, your workplace. I mean, if you have a boss who is like those shepherds, who doesn't care about the sheep, just kind of doing their own thing, disinterested, all that kind of stuff, you know the effect that can have on people in the company. Students, you know this with, with your teachers who are leading you. I mean, if you have a great teacher, you know the profound impact it can have. But if you have poor teachers, you know the damage that, that they can do, right? It can damage your self-esteem. They can, they can uh, affect you for a long time. And I, I know many of your, your stories in here, I know many of you know this from your childhood because you had parents who were leading you growing up. And by the things they said or didn't say, the things they did or didn't do, They've had a profound impact on your life, and a lot of times they still negatively impact you, even today, all these years later. And leadership, it matters, and it matters in the church as well. I know this as a pastor. I know this personally. When I was growing up, I had a, a youth pastor who I loved, I looked up to. I wanted to be just like him, and then when I was a senior in high school, he got arrested. And I watched as, as people drifted from the church, as students drifted from God, and, and they basically said, you know what, I don't believe in God anymore. I, I've, I've worked in churches for people who lie, manipulate, deceive, and I've watched the destruction that takes place in the wake of it. Leadership matters. And, and in the Old Testament, we, we find a lot of times this, this image of leaders being called shepherds. Because leaders are called to care for, 
to look after those people who have been entrusted to them. And in the Old Testament, we find God speaking some, uh, some harsh words about, about religious leaders who are leading poorly. And I think these words are actually applicable to, to a lot of different types of leaders today. In Ezekiel chapter 34, God speaking through the prophet says this, Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Shouldn't shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you don't take care of the flock. You haven't strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You haven't brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. Leadership matters. It matters to God, it matters to us, it mattered in the days of Ezekiel, it, it, it mattered in the days of Jesus as well. And this is one of the reasons why we see Jesus constantly getting into spats with the religious leaders of his day. If you've been reading the Gospel of John with us, uh, we're reading it together up until Easter, you've seen this already in the Gospel. Jesus is constantly getting into it with these leaders. If you haven't been reading with us, there, there's Bibles and reading plans in the lobby. We'd love for you to do that. But Jesus was getting into it with the religious leaders because he believed they were leading the people astray. He believed they were self-righteous. They were hypocrites. They were leading people on a path towards destruction. They had destructive tendencies and the Jewish people during the day, they, they knew what it was like to have leaders like this. They knew the pain it was causing. They knew the damage it was causing. And it was to these leaders and to these people who were living under these leaders that Jesus speaks the words that we're going to look at this morning in John chapter 10. Words of hope. Words of love. Words of life. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to open up John chapter 10. We're going to begin... In verse 11, but I want to give you a little background here while you're, while you're getting there. John chapter 10, this conversation Jesus has with all these people, it takes place after he has healed a man who was born blind. Jesus does this amazing miracle. He heals this man, and as usual, some people are, are really excited uh, about this miracle, and they're believing, and other people don't know what to think, and they begin to feel actually threatened and the religious leaders are feeling threatened as Jesus continues to do these miracles particularly on the Sabbath and they say you know what if any of these people in the synagogue believe that Jesus is the Messiah that is the anointed leader of Israel if any people believe Jesus is the Messiah we're going to kick them out of the synagogue as a place of worship so they begin kicking people out and one of the people they kick out is this man who had been born blind and it's in this context that Jesus speaks these words, words of his identity to, to these leaders and to the people who are listening. John chapter 10, verse 11. Here's what he says. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. You could translate that word good. I am the true shepherd. I am the model Shepherd, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand isn't the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that aren't of this sheep pen here. He's speaking of the Gentiles. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I laid it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. And the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these aren't the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. I mean, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And then a few verses later, Jesus says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. For no one will snatch them out of my hand. So John, who's an eyewitness to these things, he records the responses once again. Some people, as Jesus is subtly or not so subtly critiquing the religious leadership of the day and lifting himself up as the good shepherd, the true shepherd, the model shepherd, some people are, are angry about that. They feel like he's undermining the leaders of the day. Other people are drawn to Jesus as he makes this claim that I am the good shepherd because they've been longing for better leaders. They've been longing for someone who would lead them with truth, with integrity. They've been longing for a leader who would lead them with love and not with harshness. And, and Jesus says here, he says, those who are in my flock, those who are in my flock, I know them and they know me. They're not just numbers. I know them by name. I know them. I care about them. And he says, in so many words, I love them. And you might remember the, the parable Jesus tells elsewhere about a, a shepherd and sheep. Do you remember this one? He said, there once was a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one of them left the fold, one of them ran away on their own. And what does the good shepherd in the parable do? The good shepherd goes, leaves the 99, chases after the one, goes and rescues the one who has wandered away and brings him back to the fold. Jesus says this is what the good shepherd does because the good shepherd loves and cares for every single sheep in the flock. And one of my friends reminded me this week, as I was preparing that, you know, a lot of times in our minds, we have an image of a, of a shepherd. And I think we have, we have the image here. Anyone have this image in their mind of a shepherd? Like this was on like the bulletin board in your preschool growing up or like in your kid's Bible. This is a lot of times how we picture shepherds, just like little kids. And look how beautiful. He looks like a little angel, doesn't he? And, you know, he has this gentle sheep, rolling hills. I mean, this is a lot of times how we 
we kind of view shepherds as these idyllic, gentle people who had just a great life. But, but true shepherding was muddy, it was bloody, it was nasty, and it was dangerous business. And so what Jesus is saying here when he says, I am the shepherd, I'm not like a hired hand, I am a shepherd who cares for my sheep. He's saying, look, I'm willing to get dirty for you. I'm willing to clean you. I'm willing to care for you. I'm willing to bind up your wounds. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And then he pushes further and he says, you know what? I'm even willing to lay down my life for my sheep out of love. He says, I'm willing to die for my sheep. And now the people, when they were hearing him here at this point in his life, they didn't understand exactly what he was talking about. I mean, we, we kind of understand now living on this side of the resurrection, but when Jesus was talking about laying down his life and taking it up again, they, they didn't really have a, a, a category for this. But what Jesus was talking about is he was talking about laying down his life out of love, a sacrificial death upon the cross so that his sheep could experience abundant life. That is the life God created every person to live here and now, life to the full. He, he said, look, I'm laying down my life so that people can experience abundant life now and eternal life in the life to come after death. He said, I love my sheep. I'm willing to lay down my very life for them. And, and to understand even more about shepherding, another thing to realize is that a lot of times when we picture shepherds today, we picture like a shepherd at the back of, of the herd of sheep, like with a cattle prod or just like poking them and like kind of saying like, go, 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 you know, like that's how we often think of it. But, but shepherds in the Middle East, they didn't lead from behind, they led from the front. They walked and the sheep followed. The sheep trusted them. The sheep went where they went. The sheep would never go somewhere the shepherd hadn't been. The sheep knew the shepherd's voice. And so when the shepherd called them forward, they would come. The shepherd led from the front. And what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, look, I am leading you. I'm going before you. I'm going before you in life. And I'm showing you how to live the life you were created to live, a life out of love. He's saying, look, I'm going before you in death, death even upon a cross. And he's saying, I too am also going before you in resurrection because I will not only lay down my life, I have the power to take up my life again, and those who follow me will experience death in this life, but they, if they follow me, will continue to experience life after death. They will experience eternal life, eternal life and abundant life. You see, what, what Jesus knew is that who you follow determines where you go. Who you follow determines where you go. And here Jesus is calling people unto himself. He's saying, look, come and follow me because I want to lead you to life. And at the same time, he's saying, look, don't follow all these other things. Don't follow your own sinful heart. It will lead you astray. Don't follow corrupt leaders who aren't following 
me. Don't follow any of these other things because they will lead to damaging, deadly, and dangerous situations. If you want life, life to the full and life abundant, follow me because that's where I'm going. Who we follow determines where we go. And you may be wondering, you may not be wondering, but well, what does it mean to to follow Jesus? And we hear that phrase a lot in church, following Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, but what what does it mean? I mean, thankfully, he, he tells us here in the text, he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I think what he's saying here is he's saying following Jesus, following me, begins with realizing that, that I know you. You see, Jesus knows every single one of us. He knows your name. He knows your gifts. He knows your quirks. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows the, the type of stuff you laugh at. He knows, you know, what you look at on the internet. He knows your sin. He knows your secrets. He knows everything about you. And the good news of Jesus is that he knows everything about you and he loves you the same. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. He loves you. He knows you. He cares for you. He laid down his very life for you. And so the question for you and me is if Jesus knows us is, do we know him? Do we know him? And and I'm not talking here about like uh, intellectual knowledge, like, okay, I know facts about Jesus. I know stories about Jesus. I know where he lived or how old he was or that he died on a cross. It's not intellectual knowledge that he's talking about here. He's talking about experiential knowledge. Do you know him? Do you know his love? Do you know his care? Do you know his grace in your life? Have you experienced his power and his presence that forgives you, that saves you, that transforms you? This is where following Jesus begins, realizing that he knows you and saying, look, Jesus, I want to know you back. I want a relationship with you. I want you in my life. This relationship begins with that acknowledgement and it grows as we spend time with him. Day after day after day, Jesus says, my, my sheep know me and I know them. So that's where following begins, but then Jesus continues. He continues in a verse In a verse I love, John 10, 27, he says, My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. Here he's saying, being a follower of mine includes listening to me and being obedient to what I say. So another question for each of us to to think about in our hearts is, do we listen to Jesus and do we do what he says? Now, you may be wondering, you know, does Jesus speak today? And I mean, clearly here he's implying that he does when he says, my sheep hear my voice. And I believe Jesus does speak to us today because he knows that any healthy relationship isn't just 
one-sided, you know, one person speaking to the other. It's, it's, it's two-way. It's two-way communication. And so Jesus is saying here, look, my voice guides you. My voice directs you. My voice leads you to life. And I think the reason a lot of us have a hard time with this concept of, of Jesus speaking to us and not hearing his voice is because the noise around us is so loud. There's so much news all the time. There's so much on social media all the time. There's so many TV shows. There's so many messages. We're bombarded with so much all around us. But, but here's the thing. When we begin to dial those things down and be still before God and say, God, your servant is listening. God, your sheep is listening. He will speak to us. Or should I say, we will be able to hear what he's been saying all along. You see, the only requirement for hearing the voice of Jesus here is is to be a sheep, and sheep aren't that bright. So that's good news for all of us, right? And Jesus speaks in in many different ways to us. There's not just one way that Jesus speaks. I mean, I I think the primary way Jesus speaks is, is through Holy Scripture, His word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It it helps show us where we need to go. And Holy Scripture is the supreme guide for our lives. And honestly, most of the time, it's not for a lack of information. It's it's for lack of obedience. Jesus is speaking to us here. We're called to put it into action. And so Jesus speaks to us as we spend time with him daily in his word, reading, listening to him, being obedient. But, but as you know, not every situation is addressed in Holy Scripture, right? I mean, the Bible doesn't tell you if you own GameStop stock, like whether to sell it or whether to hold it, okay? The Bible doesn't say whether you should rent your home or whether you should own your home. The Bible doesn't say, hey, you know what? You need to choose this college and not that college. It doesn't speak to every detail in our lives. But here's the thing. I think this is why being part of the flock is so important. This is why being part of a flock of sheep, of other followers of Jesus is so important because one of the key ways Jesus speaks to us is through other people, through their wisdom, through their guidance, other people who are following him. As we come together, as we pray, a lot of times God uses other people to speak to us. But then I I think, you know, the Holy Spirit also speaks to us directly. The Holy Spirit also speaks to us directly, but a lot of times we miss it because we're looking for for something loud. We're looking for something dramatic. We're looking for the airplane in the sky with a message on it for us. But a lot of times I've found in my experience and the experience of others, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in that still, small voice. And only when things are dialed down can we really hear. And however we hear Jesus' voice, whenever we hear Jesus' voice, we're called to listen, to be obedient, to go where he's leading us. And we find here in John chapter 10 that he is always leading us to life. Life abundant and life eternal.
One final, one final note this morning, and that is that as you're following Jesus, inevitably others are going to follow you. Right? You know this? If you're a parent, people are following you. They're looking up to you. In your workplace, a lot of you have employees who are following you. People who are teachers, grandparents, in so many different ways. We all have people who are following us. And, and look, inevitably, we're going to get it wrong. I get it wrong many times. I've failed many times as a leader. I know that all of us have as well. But here's the thing I've found. I've found that when, when leaders get it wrong, the best leaders are humble they acknowledge their mistakes. The best leaders are, are bold. They're willing to tell those who are following them, hey, you're headed in the wrong direction. The best leaders are the ones who are following Jesus Christ. Like the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And as we seek to do that, to be, to be humble when we need to be humble, be bold when we need to be bold, but always following the good shepherd, Jesus, when we do that, we will be helping lead others to life. As well, and that's a calling that God has given to each of us in many different ways. And in our culture, it's so easy to talk about bad leaders because that's all we ever hear about, right? Terrible situations, people who've who've fallen. But this morning, as we as we close together and and we sing our final song, I want you to think about a good and a godly leader in your life. Someone who was following the good shepherd and who helped lead you closer to him and lead you to life. That's who God's calling us to be. That's who people have been in your lives. I just want to ask you, hey, give thanks to God for those people this day. And this week I've been thinking about one of those in my life and it was my first or second grade Sunday school teacher. I don't, I don't know her name. I don't remember seeing her after first or second grade. I just remember that she was my Sunday school teacher. She loved us. She cared for us. She knew our names and she brought Sprite and cookies to Sunday school class, which was awesome. And another thing I remember is that she, she loved scripture and she would always point us to it. And she was one of the first people in my life who pointed me to the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm, which is a psalm written by a shepherd, a shepherd named David, about an even greater shepherd. And so this morning, as, as we close, I want to share the 23rd Psalm with you. And if you know it, I invite you to say it out loud with me, and it'll be on the screen as well. Or if you want to just receive this word from God over you this morning, here's what, what David writes. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
That's the good shepherd who we seek to follow, who knows you, who loves you, who is always leading you to life. And so this morning as we close, would you bow your heads with me and pray for the courage, the ability, the obedience to go where he is leading us. God, we thank you that you haven't left us alone in this world. We thank you that we don't have to lean on our own understanding. We thank you that we don't have to to follow our hearts because we know they often lead us astray. God, we, we, we thank you that, that when leaders fail us in this world, when we fail others, we thank you that we have a leader who is always faithful, your son, Jesus the Christ, the good shepherd. And so God, if, if there are people here this morning who, who, who don't know if they're in the flock or in the fold, and who want to be part of it, God, would you, would you just draw their hearts, draw them in this morning. Help them know you, help them know you, help, help them just experience your love. And God, for those of us who've been following you a short time or a long time, would you help us just be obedient to go where you go, to serve the people you serve. Help us to live the abundant life the good life you've created us for. And God, help us to live with the hope that no matter what happens in this life, you have prepared a place for each of us. You have gone ahead of us in the life to come. And so we thank you for your love. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your spirit that continues to speak. God, we thank you for godly leaders in our lives. And we pray that as we follow Jesus and others follow us, that we would always point them to him. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing with us.